Step 1. Cut your sausage to the ideal 7.6 centimeters or 3 inches in length. Step 2. Holding the sausage sideways, slice all the way down one side. Rotate the sausage 90 degrees and slice again. Slice again between the slits that you just made. Your sausage should now have eight legs. Step three. In a small frying pan, heat oil and cook the sausages over medium heat. When the sausages are cooked, the legs will start to open up so that they look just like an octopus. Step four. Add sesame seeds for eyes. Your octopus sausage is now complete, but put those aside. It's time to move on to the next component. Hello and welcome to Yoroshiku, a podcast about the social and cultural intricacies that shape Japan. Growing up biracial in the US, I've spent a lot of time trying to erase my Japanese-ness. Luckily, that kind of thing doesn't disappear so easily. Turns out that trying to ignore an integral part of who you are isn't as simple as 14-year-old me would have liked. Looking back, though, I admire that part of myself. After all, how could I erase a piece of my identity that is just so damn interesting? I'm here now to make up for all that lost time. Japan is rich and nuanced, and I want to explore my identity as much as I can. I want to learn about the good and the bad, the stereotypes, the traditions, the trends, the empowering, and the disheartening. My name is Aili Yamamoto, and to my listeners, I say nice to meet you and thank you. Or to put it all into one term, Yoroshiku. You're listening to Yoroshiku with Aili Yamamoto. Growing up in the U.S., I went to Japanese Saturday school every week. Most of the kids there were fully Japanese, recently moved from Japan, and deeply embedded in Japanese culture. It was like a little Japanese haven in the middle of, well, suburban Illinois. At lunchtime, though, I felt nothing but envy. When noon came around, everyone would open their wonderfully packed lunches, revealing works of art. Fluffy rice with the perfect amount of seasoning, delicious pieces of meat cut into tiny, delectable bites, fresh vegetables and fruits impaled with the cutest of toothpicks, all packed into one little box. What they had, and what caused me extreme jealousy, were Japanese obentos, or lunchboxes, a staple in Japanese households and Japanese culture. Most often made by mothers for their children or husbands, typical characteristics of an obento include a hefty portion of rice with bites of meat and vegetables, neatly separated by dividers and packed into a bento box. They're also characterized by the immense effort put into making them, and what that means for the Japanese women who do it every single day. If you looked up a picture of an obento, you'd understand why I was so envious. Being half-white, my lunches drifted more to the Caucasian side. Of course, no disrespect to my mother, whose lunches were still high quality and filling. But obentos were different. After all, an obento means more than just food. My sister had similar experiences when my family used to live in Japan. My white mother, still a newcomer to Japan, was naturally less attuned to Japanese culture, and by regular standards, her obentos might not have been up to par. Luckily, she had my oldest sister to cheer her up. In Japan, Anna was going to preschool, and Mary took her aside and told her, and she told me this, she said, you know, mommy, I, um, 
I told Anna all about your lunches. And I said, what did you tell her? And she said, I told her, Mommy, that, that Mommy's Obentos weren't pretty like the other Japanese <laughs> kids. But it didn't mean that they weren't good and they tasted fine and that she still loves you. <laughs> Even at her young age, my sisters understood what an Obento meant to a mother and a child both. At worst, an Obento is just lunch. At best, it's a masterpiece. No matter what, it's a telling look into life for Japanese women today. So, to better understand obento culture, I decided there was only one obvious thing to do. Make one. So we've cut up our Takoma Rina. I'm here with my good friends Mary and Alex helping Hello. me out uh, with this obento because I'm hopeless at cooking. Um, our rice is done, we're ready to make some rice balls. And our octopus um, hot dogs, they're on the stove, they're cooking. Um, they look... They smell delicious. They smell delicious. They look a bit rough. I would agree. We, we've, we lost love them some, anyway. we've lost some legs in the process, but they're cooking. Like, they really are separating. They do look like octopus. This Octo- one looks really fun. Octopi? You said. Right. But, um... I thought it would be going a bit more smoothly at this point, so it's looking like this is going to be a bit more complicated than I thought. I think so as well. And as it turns out, I was right. The obento, as you'll see, was time-consuming, meticulous, and just difficult. Granted, I am an inexperienced bento maker and Japanese chef, but I still felt a brand new respect for the Japanese women who do this every morning, sometimes as early as 5am. For these women, the obento isn't just a lunch. It's an expectation. Making a bento is also an art form. Popular among Japanese children are kyarabeng, or character bentos, where lunch comes to life. With a sharp attention to detail, a steady hand, and a hefty amount of creativity, mothers turn ordinary lunch staples like rice balls or veggies into popular characters, animals, or really anything. In a kyarabeng, a sliced vegetable easily becomes a flower, or a rice ball with some meticulously cut seaweed suddenly becomes a panda. I decided to try my hand at this. Okay, so our next portion, because our um, octopus uh, hot dogs are done, so now it's time for our panda rice balls. I'm really so, excited about this. This is two battles to fight, I would say. It's shaping the rice like the panda body, mm-hmm. and then making the little characteristics with the seaweed. So I already- I think you're gonna do a really good job. Seaweed would be the hardest. Okay, yeah, because you have to cut up the, you have to cut them up really tiny. Mm-hmm. Already we have the wrong type of seaweed. So not off <laughs> to a great start, but I'm gonna just take the first like handful of rice here. You're supposed to dig in here with Yeah, you? also the woman on the internet that we learned this from, <laughs> had a mold to turn her yeah, rice cheater. into cheater. So again, we're a bit behind, but I think we can do it. Guys, I don't know how to cut these shapes. Like it's not, the seaweed's not cutting. Is it wet? Yeah. Is I think it? you should cut it with scissors first before you wet it. Oh, with scissors? Maybe. Oh, you're right, we should cut before. You are so helpful. <laughs> Thank you. You are so helpful. It's like, guys, if you ever want to make a box, invite your white friend. That's what they say. <laughs> That's what they say. This is what. I've personally almost finished my first panda. Although Me it too. Look very good. Mine looks better. Um, my rice really, looks better. I don't really understand how the seaweed is supposed to stay on the rice because already mine is starting to cut. <laughs> <laughs> are you like? Are you even trying? Did you give it a smile? <laughs> it has a little smile. 
like a pumpkin that you like carved <laughs> out this That a five-year-old carved out. Okay. It's really bad. Well, if I was a Japanese housewife, I'm sure I'd be better at this. But alas. Okay, I'm done. I'm taking a picture. <laughs> Are you Did you make it bad on purpose for the show? I no, it's I swear to God. I don't believe you. This it's, isn't even, it's an audio, they can't see it. Take oh, sure. more time. You did it too quickly. Yeah, it's because bad. I'm very impatient. That's the whole thing, like, you have some insane patience for this, mm-hmm. and I, like, I cannot stand to be doing this for more than, like, ten minutes. And then also day. every day. Every, every, every morning. Every day. And sometimes for your husband and your child. What? Yeah. You have to make Wait, big portions, too, if it was, like, a big human eating <laughs> True, and also just, like, multiple children. So. Yeah. And if they wanted different things, too, like, if they were picky. I don't know, I just don't know, I look at some of the pictures online of, like, Real character bentos, they and really, they're insane. They're they make gorgeous. it look so easy. I, I like they know. look so simple. They don't even look like food. They're so pretty. They look perfect. And again, with like, I'm just not patient enough for this. Like this, I'm getting annoyed that this is taking so much time, and mine yeah. is horrible. It really is. It's been like five minutes, and I'm not even half done. Like my first one. Yeah, yeah. I think you're a bit of a better Japanese wife than I am. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the face is definitely the hardest part. I was like judging you before, um, but I'm kind of struggling. I don't know how they get like the perfect circles. Cause they're so they're small, like... like they're sticking to my fingers. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Mine looks a bit like a dog, I think. Like what animal would you say this it is? It definitely looks like a dog. Like Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, it often. just looks like a pumpkin slash snowman. <laughs> like it does not look like a mammal. Not at all. Anyway. <laughs> It's tough. It really is hard. Yeah, it really Again, is. Again, doing this every morning would be... Okay. I say horrible. It would be horrible for me. If you were into this sort of thing, mm. this would be fun. relaxing. True, it would be like a be fun, fun activity. And like we were saying, this kind of thing is also like an outlet of creativity. Well, completely. It's like an art. It is an art. So if, you, if this is the type of art you enjoy, then if you're doing something like this every morning, it could be extremely fun for you. Very true. Like, it's fun to do things you're good at. So if you, like, got good eventually, then it would be probably pretty rewarding. True, and then you could also be, like, experimenting. You could do it for yourself to an extent, like, oh, true. I'm gonna challenge myself with this what character animal, today. What animal am I gonna do today? Or you could yeah. ask your kids, like, what do you want me to do? And, then and like, try. I can just imagine if I was a kid and I saw something like this in my lunch, I would oh. want to eat the whole thing, I'd right. want to show it off. I think that's, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like arts and crafts. Especially, food. yeah. But arts if you're on the clock, if you're like, oh, my kid has to go to school at 7, and you're like, it's 6.45, and this isn't working. And you have to make the yeah. breakfast. Yeah, like, luckily, yeah. we have all the time we want to do this. Right, and yeah, again, if you're a Japanese mother, as we'll talk about a, li- a little bit more later, this is just one thing of your morning duties. So, yeah. in that case, it might not be something, you know, relaxing. It's something that you have to do and something that is taking up the time in the morning. Oh my god, that looks so good. Thank you. Throughout this process, it became even clearer to me that the obento is a symbol of dedication, hard work, and creativity, but also of crippling expectations. It gives us a look into gender roles in Japan, the imbalances between work and home life, and what motherhood looks like for a Japanese woman today. It also gives us a look into how Japanese mothers love and what their dedication can mean to a child. Of course, the obento only represents a piece of what it means to be a mother in Japan today. To get a better understanding of these expectations, I spoke to Motoko Rich, Tokyo bureau chief for the New York Times. Motoko has reported extensively on the culture of Japanese motherhood and has first-hand experience with what motherhood looks and feels like as a working mother in Tokyo herself. Hi, thanks for being here today. Thanks for inviting me. 
So the topic we're discussing today is so complex, there's a lot to talk about, so I'm going to start right at the core here. In Japanese culture today, what does it mean to be a good Japanese mother? Well, I think in some ways it's probably evolving, and I want to be fair to that reality, but I think for the most part, it's still a huge burden for the mother, and disproportionately so compared to fathers. And if you talk about generational change, it is absolutely true that if I go to a park in Tokyo on a Saturday, I will definitely see fathers alone with children, which is something that I'm sure I would never have seen. I mean, I wasn't really uh, cognizant because I was so young when I lived here in the 70s, but at that point, you know, fathers were definitely not involved because they were working so hard. So they just were not available. Right. And in that sense, I think there is progress. That being said, the burden of housework and childcare still really falls on the woman. And that's even documented by data among the world's wealthiest countries. Japanese men do the least amount of domestic work, meaning house care or child care. So that shows you that women are doing most of that work. Right. And then on top of that, the expectations for Japanese mothers. I mean, I was really shocked when I moved here because I'm a working mother and I knew how hard it was to juggle, you know, school drop offs and getting kids dressed for nursery school and all of that kind of thing. But I didn't have to do nearly as much as what it seems the average Japanese mother is expected to do. When you're dropping them off at Hoikuen Nursery School, you are expected to every day have documented their temperature, their mood, what they ate, what time they went to bed. You have to have fresh changes of clothes and nap blankets. And the idea that you have to do that kind of level of meticulous, detailed work every single day is such an added burden that you're trying to fit that in, especially if you're a working mother. So I think that for Japanese women, the expectations of what it means to be a mother and and also the fact that they're doing most of the work to fulfill those expectations, I think, is a huge burden. So not only do women bear most of the responsibility when it comes to housework and childcare, but that responsibility is massive. And in the case of things like Obento, there are even more added pressures. If the presentation of an Obento isn't up to par, the food isn't nutritionally balanced enough, or even if it was store-bought, mothers can expect judgment from teachers and other parents, and snap assumptions are made about the hard work and care that they have for their child. They might even be called out for their bento performance, a humiliating act called bento shaming. Bento shaming isn't just about criticizing a lunchbox. It's about calling into question a mother's dedication to their child. The concept of bento shaming is proof enough that the obento represents a little more than just food, and that an obento, as delightful as it can be, comes with its own unique burden. Obento culture makes it clear that on top of the expectation to do everything in the house, Japanese mothers often have to do everything perfectly. And perfect isn't easy. So, um, vegetable shapes. Vegetable shapes. Vegetable shapes. So we're talking stars. We're talking, we're talking flowers. Flowers. Roses. Roses. I'm gonna try roses with cucumbers. I'm gonna like cut them up super thin and try and roll them up. We could also part of Obentos is like making everything kind of go together. Okay. If we wanted to theme, we could give our pandas something. Like I could give our panda like a basketball with this carrot. Aww. Yeah, it can be a basketball panda. Okay. But I'm gonna try and start first because I'm horrible at this kind of thing. Okay. Sounds um, good. So let's get into it. This is already quite hard, like, I need the exact perfect width of these slices. Yeah. And I also need, like, a lot. 
Oh, okay. Take one. Oh, nice star, Ivy. <laughs> Did take, you just like forget how many take points one there are? Star. You just like didn't do. It looks it's it looks a bit more like like a ninja, a ninja um, star. like ninja star. So if I was making a Naruto themed <laughs> punch box, it'd be great. My star is missing a point, um, so I'm going to try again with the cucumber this time. Take five <laughs> of my. Uh, shake vegetables. I, like I chose the easiest possible task. Yeah, I know, but I, it's hard. It's like how, they make them look so perfect, and you're here doing the cucumber rows. Yeah, we'll see if that's what it does. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I need to have a new method. I, it's missing. I think a... you should make a triangle instead. <laughs> okay. I think you should make yeah. a circle. I'm just cutting a slice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get. I'm starting to get a bit frustrated. I think like. This, how many times can you mess this up? I mean, many. You've yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be really sad if if I don't get this. Like, yeah. I was really confident. Although again, it is like a practice thing. Yeah, like no matter if I, even better. I could perfect a carrot star. You really think so? Yeah, actually, I'm gonna try now a Hello Kitty bow. I saw a picture today. It's a little ambitious for you. Do <laughs> this star. So Mary was successful in making her cucumber rose. Yeah, and it stays in the shape of a rose as long as I hold it really tight. <laughs> so, at lunchtime, you can appear at school and hand yeah. it to your child. Yeah, you have to just show. But I, I am very impressed. Um, I did not really succeed in the star situation. I, I think toothpicks need to be involved here. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they have like that. cute, really cute toothpicks okay. and stuff. So yeah, okay. Well, that's success. Yeah. Nice. It's a lot harder. You can give the rose to your parents. I admit, while making the obento, there were times where I got a bit frustrated, mostly because I was failing so horrifically at something that I was spending a lot of time on. And that's the key word. Time. My own skills aside, cooking a bento like this, especially a character bento, is time-consuming and requires a good amount of focus. You might be thinking, how does any mother have time for this, on top of all the other expectations dropped on them with little to no help at home? At first glance, it's a testament to the strength, dedication, and honestly, the time management skills that Japanese mothers have. But let's take another look and imagine the expectations we've talked about, but with the added layer of having a job. How does a Japanese mother manage a fulfilling career and the regular expectations of motherhood? The simple answer is, for many women in Japan, you just can't have both. The culture still sort of relegates mothers to a kind of mommy track. And so I met a lot of women who went back to work four days a week, and then they would be put onto a track where they were not considered kind of career promotion material. And so I think that's really tough for working women. And then they're working, but they're still putting in the hours, right? They're still at work four days a week, but they are expected to do everything for the kids. Despite former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe's womanomics policies, which encouraged women to join the workforce to help bolster Japan's economy, working women are still bogged down by deeply embedded gender biases within the workforce, especially pertaining to motherhood. In fact, a Reuters study last year found that women make up fewer than 10% of management positions at major Japanese companies. To put it simply, workplace advancements aren't realistic for women who are shouldering the burdens of housework and job work at the same time, especially with little to no assistance at home. 
So I spent some time with married couples, both of whom were working. And, you know, in one case, we went to the house in the morning for breakfast. And, you know, the mother's running around. She's cooking everything and making the bento and packing everything. And the father's sort of eating. <laughs> you know, he's, there's a baby. And so he's, you know, giving him a few mouthfuls. But basically, the mother is the one who's sort of whirling around like a dervish trying to get everything done. And he's sitting at, at the table. And then when it was time to do drop-off, this always shocked me. He said he was willing to do drop-off meaning that he was willing to accompany her to drop off. He would never do it by himself. So it's sort of his idea of being participatory was to accompany his wife to drop off the kids. And then because he worked super late, she always left work on time in order to pick the kids up. And that was sort of just the accepted norm. This type of culture raises a lot of questions for women who are thinking about becoming mothers. Namely, is it worth it? For many, the answer is no. I reported on a lot of unmarried women and the, many of them said, I, I can see what the burden is like to be a mother and I'm not sure that's worth it to me. Right. And remaining single is the way that they could have a fulfilling life. We're seeing the real effects of these attitudes. Japan is currently in the midst of a demographic crisis. Senior citizens account for nearly 30% of the country's population today, and with continually declining marriage and birth rates, there's concern about alarming population decreases and what these decreases will mean for the Japanese economy. Among strict immigration policies, economic uncertainty, and decreasing employment rates, the plight of Japanese women stands out as a major, recognizable factor that is contributing to this demographic crisis. Though the Japanese government has introduced programs like subsidized childcare and monetary assistance for parents to encourage young people to marry and have children, such programs aren't making that much of an impact. After all, government programs probably won't be enough to change a culture of motherhood and gender roles that is deeply ingrained into the fabric of Japanese society. Part of the solution is reforming Japanese corporate culture, which comes with uprooting much of Japanese society's values and is, well, easier said than done. Another part of the solution, one that we're seeing happen in small doses today, is evening out the disproportionate amount of housework that women do compared to men. In some ways, there is progress on this end, especially with how the COVID-19 pandemic disrupted regular work-home balances. In other ways, progress is painstakingly slow. I think it's slow. I think it's hard. I think there are a lot of things about the workplace expectations where, you know, people have to work these incredibly long hours and then they have to go out with their clients or their colleagues or their bosses after work. And so they don't get home. You know, I would spend time with families and the father wouldn't get home until long after I had left. And so it's impossible to participate in family life if you're out working all of that much. I think to some extent, COVID with people working at home, depending on the families, it actually did help change things that the men were at home and saying, oh, gosh, there's all this stuff that needs to get <laughs> right. done that I never knew about because it just sort of happened. The laundry showed up folded and the food was on the table and the kids were picked up from school and I didn't know what was happening because I was at work. Right. There were also cases where the mo the mothers sort of complained because they felt like now they had an extra kid at home because the father was sort of, oh gosh, now I'm at home. And so instead of commuting, I have time to do my own hobbies, not thinking that what they should be doing is helping out around the house. So I think it's mixed. This is obviously an incredibly complex, nuanced issue that can't be boiled down to one easy solution. But part of the solution is obvious. The burden of raising a child is lighter when more people are carrying it. There is an increasing chorus among women that they want more help and that they need more help and that in order to 
actually be empowered in the workplace, they need help at home. It can't just be that they're told at work, you know, work harder, we're going to give you opportunities, but they have to know that they're getting help at home so that they can take those opportunities in the workplace. In the case of Mayo Bento, it was stressful for me to make it alone, but it was a lot easier with people helping me. Okay, um... I'll start cutting up the sausages, so could you, um, could you pour some, like, rice vinegar in there or something? I feel like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, and then... Oh, yeah, it's not sticky, though, yet. Yeah, could you grab the cucumbers, Alex? Yep. Oh, thank you. I've talked a lot about the stresses of motherhood or the issues in Japanese culture to the point where an obento might look like some sort of torture device. But the truth is, making the obento was fun and exciting and honestly, delicious. Putting that much work into something means making something you're proud of. And I can't deny that it felt good. So our components are done. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a little nervous about the whole transportation situation. Yeah, because so we actually, we don't have a bento box. Unfortunately, we have plenty at home. We have a plate. We have a plate. So we're going to do our best. So... Okay. Um, transportation is a bit dangerous. I think it's going to be a two hands. Oh, you know what? Yes. I would use a knife. I think we should do it two Oh, my panda lost an ear. Okay. So, like, for a first try... I think it's looking okay for now. Like, it could be worse. Could be I, worse. Was, I was definitely feeling a bit down uh, when we were in flower vegetables territory. <laughs> but looking, looking at our pandas next to each they're other... They're very cute. Yeah, yeah, they're cute. They're cute. We've got two um, panda rice balls. One of them is, has a full body, thanks to Mary. Courtesy of me. We've got a panda head with a carrot bow. We've got several um, takomangwina or octopus um, hot dogs. And we have what once was a cucumber rose and is now a pile of cucumber roses. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, and yeah, some rice seasoning. And if this were going into an actual lunchbox, we'd add something sweet in it. But... Who has that kind of money? <laughs> and throughout this, I would say we've eaten uh, probably an equal amount <laughs> a lot. as we've made. I've just been snacking like mindlessly on this cucumber. Yeah, it's very good. Oh. <laughs> your cucumber rose is like half in your stomach right now. <laughs> I think I'm proud of it, I would say. Me I too. I'm, I, I have a new respect for the people who do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Like, and make it look not like a child did it. I also think that no matter your age, I don't know, opening <laughs> up a lunchbox from someone and it has like a panda in it and your lunch is smiling up at you. Your lunch is smiling at you, exactly. You'd have to be happy to eat it, so I would say this is a success. Me too. So thank you so much for helping me, you guys. Thank you for inviting me onto your podcast. This is so fun. (laughs) Though some of my bento making was a hellish experience, I was proud of what I made, and I would have felt honored to share it with someone. With the amount of time, effort, and energy put into making it, I would have only wanted to share it with someone I really cared about. To me, something like an obento, which takes planning, focus, meticulous work, and care, can only be made with affection. Making the perfect rice rabbit so that your child is more excited to eat their rice ball. Making the vegetables just a bit more delicious because they look like flowers. This kind of attention to detail and diligent, heartfelt care is part of what being a Japanese mother is. There was a thoughtfulness that Japanese mothers put into things like, for example, you know, making snacks for the sports team that I really, really appreciate. And then, you know, instead of just rushing off to buy something, they're, you know, hand making and wrapping the onigiri for the soccer team. And I think that's great. I mean, it's a lot of work, but I also think that it's a way of showing love. 
So what does an obento really represent? Crushing expectations, a creative outlet, devotion to family? The answer is probably different for every person, but it's undeniable that the obento provides a fascinating look into the lives of Japanese women today. When I think of the obento, though, I'm reminded of a story. When my oldest sister was in elementary school in Japan, her school instated a strict no-sweets rule. Candy and other treats were banned, which to my ten-year-old sister and her classmates must have felt like some sort of civil rights violation. The next day, my mother packed up my sister's lunch like usual, with the exception of any of the banned sweets. When it was lunchtime, my sister opened up her lunch and started eating like usual, but halfway through her first rice ball, she noticed something strange. In the middle of the rice ball, unassuming and hidden away from any prying eyes, was a small milk candy, one of the forbidden treats, hidden in plain sight. In this moment, my sister's obento wasn't just a lunchbox. It was an act of cleverness, an act of humor. It was an act of rebellion on my mother's part, tied up in a cloth box and molded into a rice ball. But most importantly, it was an act of love. And to me, that's what an obento really is. All sorts of different ideas, different facets of Japanese culture, packed neatly into a box, ready for us to open and dive into. Thank you so much for tuning in to the first ever episode of Yoroshiku. I hope you learned a little bit about what the obento means to Japanese women and Japanese culture, and probably a little bit about what not to do when making one. Feel free to reach out on social media if you have any topic ideas, and join us next time as we discuss English education in Japan and the wonderful language of Japinglish. As always, my name is Aili Yamamoto, and I'll see you next time on Yoroshiku. Thank you.